0: Hello, and welcome to the Dreaded 30s podcast where we share stories about our past, present, and future so you can feel a little bit better about yourself. The more I exist, the more appealing
1: asexuality sounds. And I'm bisexual. Buy me something. I get sexual. I'm Gavin. I'm Justin. Welcome to episode 6 of our podcast. Thanks for coming! hi yes thank you hi 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 hey.
0: <laughs> hi we've been sitting here talking for like 20 minutes and we're gonna pretend like this is our first time talking to each other
1: yeah 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 this is our first time actually we haven't talked much this last week we've both been busy now, the
0: second second we were done recording that podcast we're like leave me alone <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'll talk to you in seven days and not before no no um, uh, yeah but well, it, it has been a minute for sure huh it has it has well happy monday still monday um mm. yeah Let's just jump right in. Justin, what are you dreading? What have you dreaded this week?
0: Well, clearly it's been a little bit of a hectic one. If you and I haven't even spoke to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, It was just pretty busy. And I think the thing that I'm dreading the most right now is I recently applied for a job. And it's a a pretty good job from like a benefit perspective. It might be a little bit boring Mm. from a job description, but it's a great job. Uh, it would do a lot for me, like maybe not career-wise, but just life-wise. So we'll see how it all plays out. Fingers crossed.
1: Would you stay remote or have to go into an office?
0: It's looking like this company is doing about 60-40. And then on mm-hmm. top of this whole Delta variant, uh, they're also mandating that you have to wear a mask when you're in the office. So it's like, just feels like it defeats the purpose. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like a little like redundant. Like you're you're aware of the virus but you're still making them come in, like, come on.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean I get it. My office is pretty much like it's remote, but they want us to come in still for like meetings and stuff. Um, my office never wore masks to begin with.
0: Oh Lord. But there's
1: like eight or nine of us and like it's like if one of us has it, it's just it's gonna spread regardless of us wearing a mask. So Yeah.
0: I mean I think that's kinda what's cool about smaller companies though, is like well, it's twofold of, like, if one person gets it, everyone probably got it, but at least, like, you and your work bubble knows, mm-hmm. and you can, like, plan appropriately or just quarantine together in the office. Doesn't that sound so fun?
1: Yeah. I mean, luckily, oh. last year when I did have COVID at the office, no one else got it at the office when I had it, so that was yeah. a blessing. I have to, like, feel bad about making someone else sick, so.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean... For those that aren't aware somehow, Gavin celebrated a birthday, the big
1: Mm 3-0.
0: So I think it's kind of obvious what we're going to talk about, what you've been dreading. So just lead the (laughs) way. Tell us about your birthday. Tell us about what happened.
1: Yeah, so honestly, just hangovers. Oh my gosh. Saturday, day after I had the big celebration stuff, I was dying. Um, Yeah, for festivities, we uh, Friday night went to Hamburger Mary's. For those unfamiliar, it's a typically gay-owned uh, restaurant that's also a bar. And then in the evenings, most evenings, they have, like, drag shows, bingo nights, karaoke nights. And that night was called Dining with the Divas. So it's, like, a bunch of different select drag queens that come out, perform, and dance, and sing while you're eating food and drinking. Um, yeah, it was really fun. I, I was a little frustrated because we booked a 12-top for all of us, but they actually separated us among three tables, like 4-4-4. Four, four, four. And I was like, that's... honey... No, that's dumb. Yeah, I was pretty mad about that. I tried to complain, but they were like, oh, the other ones are, they have some bridal parties coming in. I'm like, girl, this is my safe space. <laughs> yeah, like, those are straights. Go away. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love my straights, but also I was like, oh, like, can we sit together though? Like, this is my birthday. And they were like, no, fine. Right. I was like, well, for, it's frustrating because, like, we booked like weeks ago and then we also were the first ones there, but they still wouldn't seat us in those sections. And I was like, whatever well yeah that would make me kind of sour yeah a little bitter but you know it was fine the drinks were common my dad was like everyone get more drinks kept ordering more rounds for everyone so we were all getting like toasted before oh, our wow. food even came um toast is the right term right is that what the kids say or do, what do they say these days <laughs> yeah that's that's a word i've heard yeah i was i was getting uh yeah very uh, intoxicated and then for a shot they made everyone who said something twerk so we had to twerk for a shot and uh that's probably my dad's first time seeing me twerk.
0: <laughs> you had to twerk in front of your parents.
1: Yeah. It was like, I think my dad was just like jaw drop, like, oh no.
0: <laughs> okay. But the, the big question, and I just realized this, did your dad twerk for a shot?
1: No, but he did tip some of the Queens. Okay. Like he, he was okay. tipping. He, him and my mom have gone to a bunch of drag shows without me. I've never actually, I've never been with them before. Cause they just prefer to go without me, I guess. And I'm like, oh have fun i mean they wow. have gay friends so they just go out with them right, right um right. that's still funny yeah after that um they actually came to missy b's afterwards with like a bunch of the friends and <laughs> i've never seen my dad at missy b's before and those who don't know it's kind of like the main gay bar in kansas city it's mm-hmm. tons of gay shenanigans drag queens dirty dancing like it's a hot mess
0: it's it's an experience i remember going there in kansas city and like being very drunk many a times
1: yeah they've redone it now now it's all like nice marble like very clean it's not grungy anymore yeah it's kind of weird but i don't know how i feel about that yeah it's, i kind of like the grunge to it oh i love the grunge it was just nice, like characteristic like grungy city vibe like that was like where we went to like get grungy mm-hmm. and messy yeah true true but yeah that that was that was my uh my night very hungover saturday it felt horrible and then come sunday i was still pretty much hungover <laughs> um yeah it was it was good that was pretty embarrassing though um yeah help me out here what was one of yours (laughs) make me feel better
0: (laughs) yeah embarrassing things in front of parents right like i feel like i did a really good job at avoid avoiding that just by like staying the frick away from my parents more often than not Mm -hmm. but there is this situation that will be forever ingrained in my brain um, a lot of nineties families had camcorders, right? Oh, yeah. We would record you know family outings or get togethers uh in my family's case, we would do baby showers and weddings mm-hmm. and at the time, I was an aspiring boy band member that loved and sync, loved Backstreet boys, so I would constantly <laughs> sing and constantly dance and i decided to record myself on the camcorder
1: yes
0: and let me tell you i can't dance today i couldn't dance then it's cringe it's really bad it's basically me just doing like just like shuffling my feet the entire time (laughs) that's all it is um so there comes a time where my family puts up something on the tv in front of a bunch of family members and they're like oh let's watch over this wedding or something and it's, you know, what you're supposed to be watching. And then all of a sudden it instantly cuts to me dancing to NSYNC in the living room. <laughs> and everyone is confused and I'm just ready to, like, disappear from this planet. It was cringe.
1: They should have cringe. known then. They should have known then, like, that was that was it. <laughs>
0: I feel like if I had better dance moves, maybe it would have been a bit more revealing. But I'm telling you, it was like a tree just like i can't even explain oh so they were like he is
1: straight for sure like we're good
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're like he got no dance moves he's clearly straight that's that's beautiful it's bad (laughs) it's so bad
1: you just brought back a memory of something i did as a child Uh, mentioning camcorders, you totally just brought this memory out of the depths of my mind. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, so mine wasn't recording over anything, but I was like the little techie kid where I was like always trying to record stuff and be sneaky about it. Well, one day I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to record Mother F and Santa Claus. I'm going to sneak my camcorder beneath like 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 a little glass TV stand thing, and I I put it up there. I went to bed, turned it on, had like you know six hours of recordings. So I went to sleep. Next morning, I got up early and watched it. And I saw my parents putting the presents oh, down. I never no. cried so much in my life. Oh no! And they came down, and saw me like hold the camcorder, and they were like, "Are you effing serious?" <laughs> that is so sad. And then they were like, that "Oh, we're just so we're working for Santa. He was helping us." I was like, "Don't lie to me. I know the truth."
0: That <laughs> <But> like that's <laughs> it's so cute. But it's also like so sad. Like my parents telling me about Santa Claus was just like, yeah, he's not real. Oh, sh- should I not say that?
1: <laughs> oh God, we burned. <laughs> well, uh,
0: hopefully, there's no one under the age of 18 watching this, so I think we're good. <laughs> but it was just like, what are you talking about? No, he's real. And they're like, no, seriously, he's not real. Like that's mom's handwriting. And I'm like, oh yeah, it is. And like that was kind of it. It's like, I feel like people have much better stories than me in regards to Santa's discovery or lack thereof.
1: I I was traumatized. (laughs) I was like, you eating my cookies? (laughs) Those are for Santa!
0: (laughs) Did they try and give you any sort of excuse? Like, oh no, he just dropped them off and we had to put them up for him.
1: They they tried at first. They're like, no, we're just Santa's helpers. We're helping him get them organized. And I'm like, I saw you come from the other bedroom. I know where they came from. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Oh, you poor young self. Yeah, I mean, I got over it quick, and my, my sister was like, "You just now realized." I was mm. like, she was like, she's four years older, so of course she knew. But <sighs> yeah, childhood. Childhood, man, it's a rough one. Until There's my kid been... from day one be like, "You're Santa Claus. It's me. You're you're welcome." <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I had that same approach,
0: actually. Um I th- I mean there's a really good chance that I won't have children because look at me, I'm a gay man. <laughs> well, I mean, we we know some people that have yeah. kids. There's a lot of people that have kids, but mm-hmm. uh speaking of kids, I don't know if you saw this, but uh news came out, breaking news came out that Matt Damon has retired from saying the F word. Ah <sighs> CNN released an article explaining how Matt's daughter left the dinner table after Damon said faggot Mm -hmm. writing a long treatise on how that word is dangerous. Matt then announced he's retiring the F slur. Matt, where have you been? Honestly, (laughs) where have you been?
1: His whole life. Welcome to the party. Yeah, he does entertainment for a living. You're around lgbtq plus of every faucet of what you do
0: i i mean let's just start this topic by getting our our opinions or our perspective what what are you thinking of the f word this f slur he speaks of
1: so personally you know i've i've had my own experiences we'll cover those in a little bit of how i've had you know the word faggot used against me and And I've been terrorized in my younger days to my college days. And I have some pretty terrible memories of it. Um, And now I don't hear it as much because people I think, you know, they don't, they they, they are more aware of the implications of that word and how it's very derogatory. Um, I don't necessarily like the word. I do find myself sometimes using it among like my other queer friends, like as like a joke or something just conversational. Um, I don't try to say it around other straight people because I don't want them to feel enabled or empowered to Mm. say it themselves because I don't like that what are what are your that's, thoughts
0: that's a really good point that's not something that i really thought of of like i think naturally like i'll say it around close friend groups but like you said it's, it's it's always in jokes um but what you mentioned about not saying it around straight people i didn't even think of of like mm-hmm. if if that's a word you're saying around people they could have that perspective of like oh well they're saying it so it must be okay to say this and then the second that it comes out of their mouth that's like what do you think you're doing? Mm-hmm. And so I I think my opinion on it is very much like it's not a, a word for straight people to say. Um and I think it what frustrates me about this Matt Damon situation and a lot of people is they'll defend the word and be like, oh well it used to mean something different, or it means this somewhere else, and it's like, but here in 2021, it's it's in the dictionary as being a derogatory term mm-hmm. like this is this is what is, society has accepted this word to be respect that like don't give excuse and like people that give give excuse i have no respect for it's frustrating
1: yeah and uh, i actually did some research on like what the history of the word was mm-hmm. um do you have you ever heard the term faggot gatherer before no it sounds kind of crazy but that's what women in the 1700s were called who gathered sticks a faggot was a gathering of sticks back then for a short time. But then over yeah. time that word became used to degrade people as like, oh, you're just a woman gathering sticks. And that's what the word mm-hmm. started to become more derogatory. And fast forward to the 1800s, 1900s, um, the UK English schoolboys basically took up the word and started using the word fag as a way to explain other boys who would do typically sexual favors for other boys. And since then it became a very derogatory term used today. And it's, often used today in music or by people who probably shouldn't be using the word. Mm. And that's the history of it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. That's actually
0: interesting to know because it always seems to kind of stem from this de- like kind of derogatory reference or like considering a group of people less. Mm-hmm. And so for that to, you know, translate in today's era of considering homosexuals to be less of a person is like, not cool <laughs> simply exactly. put uh
1: yeah exactly and it's like there's other words for example that you should be aware of not to use and it reminds me of this time when I was in Texas for my short stint and I was in a car with some friends and there were two white cis male straight um and they were singing a rap song that was on the radio and they not radio it was like an mp3 of some kind and they used the n word when it came up and
0: mm-hmm. i
1: had to stop them i said guys stop the song we're going to have a conversation about this And they're like, what do you mean? It's in the song. It's fine. And I had to remind them that no, just because in the music does not mean it was made for you. That song is not intended for you to say those words. You can enjoy it and appreciate it, but you're not welcome to use that word. I was like, would you use the word faggot around me? Would you say it to my face? And they were like, well, no, of course not. I was like, then would you use that word to our, you know, POC at work with us? Would you say it to their face? And they're like, well, no, of course not. And I was like, then why do you feel like it's okay to use it in the car when they're not here? Yeah, and
0: I'm, I'm pretty happy that I knew that from the start when it came to, like, just because it's in songs doesn't mean it's acceptable to say. Yeah! Like, I've, I've been really fortunate to have a lot of friends of, like, all races and ethnicities and backgrounds in school. And, like, my school, if people know me personally and where I went to school, like, it's 99% white. Like, it's it's not a good place to, like learn about the world and what there is to <laughs> offer. And so there was, you know, plenty plenty of people that thought it was just okay because it's in a song. And boy were my friends pretty pissed off about that. Mm-hmm. They weren't having anything to do with that. And yeah, I think that translates into the F word as well of like just because a comedian makes a joke about it or just because you hear it in a song, like a Lil Nas X song nowadays probably, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can you can drop the F-slur on us. Please don't.
1: Yeah, please don't. Unless <laughs> unless you're part of the community that's been, you know, oppressed by it, you don't get to use the word. Mm-hmm. It goes for a lot of words, I think, where it's used as a as a word of oppression. You don't have entitlement to use that word unless you've been impressed by the word.
0: Yeah, and I think my perspective on it might be a little bit different, but I know that there's others out there of like, faggot has never been used on me, or it's never been like, I've never seen it as a negative thing. and I, I think a lot of people haven't had that same instance like because like a lot of people use the word to instill fear mm-hmm. or like to make someone feel like less of a person, but that has never been the word for me. I feel like the first time that I genuinely heard the word was from a drag queen and it was seen <laughs> from like such a positive perspective. And I was like, okay, like I can get behind this word. like I saw it more of like an empowering and kind of like a rebellious word than anything else so when someone says it to me it doesn't hit me like I feel like it hits other people
1: yeah I think I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I've I'll just get my most memorable story and I won't use his real name but we'll call him Jack um Jack and I were dating at uh, Mizzou MU which is the state college for Missouri for those who don't know um and it's a very mix of city people and people from north and southern Missouri who have never met a gay person in their life. So one day we're walking, it's like maybe 10 o'clock in the evening and we're walking home from a, a friend's house holding hands on campus, like past the library. And we're like, you know, we're just doing our thing, going back and going back home. And this truck drives by and it stops as it goes like about 50 feet past us and starts to like turn around and kind of come back around us again. And then they yell the word faggot at us and they drive by pretty quick and they stop again, turn around again. This time they speed by yelling, you know, stupid faggots again. And they throw beer bottles at us. So we're like mm. dodging beer bottles that are shattering on the ground while they're yelling more slurs at us. And at that point we're trying to like, you know, get away from the street. Cause we're like, okay, they're obviously drunk and aggressive and we need to distance ourselves. Cause back then I was a very small dude and my boyfriend was very small as well. Like we could easily be overpowered and, and harmed. Right. So that was one experience That's... where I was like, damn it's dangerous
0: that gives me so much anger inside Mm -hmm. like that just it's so frustrating like i think just my my overall thought of it is like why are people such shitbags mm -hmm. like i've always had this theory and i'm totally going off topic but i've always had this theory that like a lot of the reason why people are hateful is more out of fear or lack of knowledge. Like a lot of these people probably haven't been exposed to homosexuals mm-hmm. or haven't been exposed to POC. And so they like, they just act like shitbags. That's all I can think towards these people instead of like being empathetic or supportive or anything
1: like that. Yeah, it's it's a good other segue also when you say that it's also POC lack of exposure to, for them. Um, because when one event we had an event, one thing that happened was, um, we had a early, um, meeting for the LGBTQ center, which I went to, cause I was part of it on the morning stuff. As we walked in, we saw that the below our center. So we're on the second floor. The first floor was the African-American like um, group gathering center. Um, someone had broken in there during the night and stuck up these strings with cotton balls on them throughout the whole like area. Like I'm talking hundreds And, of course, they were all there. They were very upset by that. They were, like, they were breaking down. And so we all kind of came down there. We canceled our meeting. We spent the next two hours pulling these things down and trying to find any kind of camera footage of who was there. Um, It was really upsetting. It was a big article that happened. It was probably one of the most, I don't know, disappointing things to see and very upsetting.
0: It's, oh, my God. Why did why did we go on this tangent? Because now I'm just gonna get like so angry. Yeah, <laughs> it, because like there's there's no reason why people should feel like this is appropriate. Like there's there's no justification ever for something like this, mm-hmm. and and to see it happen and people like think that this is like cool to do. It, the word shitbag comes back in my head. This yeah. one's gonna be explicit. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's, it's marked. <laughs> It's already marked. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's sad. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I haven't encountered anything like that either. Like, I went to school in Southeast Ohio. Uh, initially, went to college in Southeast Ohio. Let's clarify a little bit. And um, it's a lot of people that haven't been exposed to a lot of things other than meth. <laughs> Hard stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was playing soccer for the team, and they would just use homophobic slurs or racial slurs left and right, and like just thought it was okay, and that that was like that was our team culture. It was like that's that's how we spoke to each other, and it just like it made me so uncomfortable because that's something that I don't want to partake in, and it's also because I'm part of the community that they're talking trash about, mm-hmm. and you know any sport organized sport is really difficult because there's team bonding when you're going on trips you have to sleep together when you're you know post games or post practice you're in locker room showers being naked Mm -hmm. and for people to still continue to use those slurs when you're in a setting like that and you're a closeted gay man it was like so hard to exist in that environment it was so uncomfortable and it was the reason why i left the second the season was over like, the second we lost that last game of the tournament, I was gone. Mm-hmm. I was back home.
1: Yeah, it's only yeah. so much you can take from all of that kind of, like, you know, negative exposure to the worst of the straight community. Yeah,
0: and it's it's kind of similar to what you said of, like, it's, I'm outnumbered, basically. I'm not strong enough to take these people on. I can't, you know... I can't say something because, like we talked about in an earlier podcast, I lose my scholarship, lost my spot on the team. And I have, you know, 20 plus people that are probably going to kick my ass. Mm-hmm. So you, you feel incredibly helpless in that moment.
1: Yeah, that sucks because that's like face to face as well. It's even, you know, we, we experience those things online all the time on video games and interactions mm-hmm. with e-communities but like in person it's like it's much harder to confront it sometimes because it's real people with their real opinions and that's like hard to deal with sometimes yeah
0: i i agree and i feel like it's more prevalent in the digital era because of what you said of people just being able to hide behind a screen and i feel like a lot of times people's true colors show Hmm. when they feel like they're anonymous or they're protected by a screen in some way and you and i are avid league of legends players and the community has gotten incredibly toxic oh yeah but on top of that people just think it's okay to say homophobic slurs or racial slurs like it's nothing
1: yeah and it's not like a new thing honestly like back in the days of like Mm -hmm. counter-strike and you know team fortress 2 and warcraft like those slurs i would say were used but not as prevalent as today I mean, look at Call of Duty. When I get on Warzone, it's just slurs left and right. Like, I can't play with random match people because they just yell stuff at me. And I'm like, I don't even want to get good at this game because this battlefield is going to make me depressed. I
0: I recently watched, like, this podcast segment of a personal friend. His name is Peter Lovins. And he did a a part on this podcast called Hockey Pride. He's a lawyer Mm -hmm. for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like incredible representation within the community um but he mentioned in this podcast about how he feels like we're kind of hoping and holding on to future generations to kind of make lgbtqi more accepting uh and not as you know just not as difficult to be a gay or whatever person in in the world and but then to hear the flip side of people on Warzone, which is probably a bunch of thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year olds oh, yeah. that just think it's completely okay to act this way. It's like you get this glimmer of hope and then you experience something online and it's like, oh, we're screwed. It's gonna take more than generations to come.
1: Oh yeah. I'm holding on to that one metric I saw that said next like fifty to hundred years, the like the average like person is gonna be a mixed race of multiple. And eventually we're going to start looking a lot more similar and people are going out of excuses to be discriminating as much. And it's, I'm looking forward to that. I'm sad. We're not going to be here for it, but you know, yeah, I'm excited for life to change and people to grow up.
0: We can only do what we can as individuals and be our gay self.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to upload myself. I'm going to upload <laughs> myself to a hard drive and just like put me somewhere. <laughs> So next thing that I'd want to kind of jump to, since we're on the topic of, you know, our own homophobic experiences is that I think a lot of within our own community, people have a lot of different discrimination experiences, you know, every day. Um, one example is just on the apps, you know, Grindr and Scruff. I think people experience, you know, a lot of racism. Um, there's fat phobia stuff. There's a lot of different pieces of the community. I think that are kind of at war on those apps and, um, I'll just ask you, what is your opinion on, like, you know, preferences? Is it okay to have those and such?
0: I think in the grand scheme of things, it's okay to have preferences. Like, for example, I prefer someone with a beard. Prefer someone that's hairy on the chest, right? These these kind of physical things that don't really have much weight. They don't really mean much. But, like, when we talk about apps, how many times have you heard no fat, no femme?
1: Oh, often. Too
0: many times, right? And I think the greater question is to kind of ask, like, what is not okay to prefer? And I think us here unanimously agree that preferring a race is completely unacceptable. And I was reading articles about it today and was continuing to get triggered by it because people are trying to justify that it's okay to not prefer someone that's not white i was recently watching this video that was talking about tyler oakley a youtube personality and the downfall of tyler oakley and it was supposedly because he tweeted about if you prefer to not you know approach anyone or have sex with someone because of this the color of their skin that you're racist and like mm-hmm. people disagreed with him and i'm like how how do you
1: think that's okay i will say just knowing his audience it is a lot of like you know white males who probably have that thought of like this is fine if i only prefer them i'm a fire island gay no offense fire yeah. island gays but and now that you say that yeah and, and that's just me guessing i don't have i have no evidence to back that up besides just mm. knowing some of his fans um it's hard because you're right on the apps i i see it and there's a lot of this you know I think people creating a almost a body dysmorphia or a hatred of of their own skin tone or color because of how other gay men um, are treating them or by men. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's on the apps are just treating each other terribly. And I already yeah. hate as is that they have like you know a body type section. Like what kind of body type are you? And they get very detailed about it. And it's like, mm.
0: yeah, we've we've kind of talked about it. of it's cool that we kind of have these things that we can align with and kind of find a community within it, but it also create that creates that opportunity for segregation or to quickly dismiss a group of people. And I haven't been on the apps in a while. Um and so I initially thought to myself, like, I even remember there being a filter for race Mm -hmm. to where you could filter out what races you wanted to see on your grid. And I was like, that's not okay. And I discovered through research, thankfully, instead of coming in here, you know, slamming these apps. (laughs) Um, Grinder is a big one when it comes to stuff like this. And Scruff both removed the ability to filter by race on their apps in June of 2020. So thankfully that's not a thing anymore. And if it was a thing, boy, I was going to be coming in hot.
1: Took them a while. Mm -hmm. Took them a long time. Mm -hmm. I feel like that same kind of filter can lead to... Not just discrimination, but also the objectification of different races, saying, um, "You know, no other color is only this color." And it's like, mm-hmm. well, so you're you're sexualizing, you're fetishizing this, this one race of people that, you know, it's it's no different than a different line of discrimination. It's it's just a different way of going about it, but it's still it's still what it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been times where I've seen like, we'll we'll keep it a little Mm pg-13 of like bbc only or like asian guys to the front Mm -hmm. and it's like sure you may try and say that this is the opposite but no you're just objectifying Mm -hmm. a race now or fetishizing a group of people yeah did i say that word right did i do it i think so
1: (laughs) and i have friends who who have experienced that before and they've said that it It's kind of gross. It grosses them out. And they said, you're looking at me just as like an object almost as just a, a pleasure for you for that moment. And I I just, I feel like sometimes those apps, those stats numbers, they really turn a person into just a picture on a screen and no longer a person in real life.
0: Yeah. I think the question becomes, what do you really expect from an app? That's probably 90% a hookup app. Like, No one's really looking for personality when it comes to some of those things, so I feel like the apps themselves can only do so much. And thankfully, like I mentioned, you at least can't filter by race at this point.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still think there's people out there who are, you know, looking at those apps in a very specific way. I mean, I I see it. I am on the apps, you know, Single Forever. Hey, call me. Um, (laughs) And it's it's sad, but I I still see it. And I'm not going to, of course, attack everyone because I just don't have the I don't have the mental energy or health to go after everyone for their, their views, I just block and move on.
0: Yeah. It, it sucks because, like, I, I kind of feel helpless or, like, small because I'm only one person and I can only do and say so much. Like, how do we get an entire community to change their perspective on this? Because there's, like, there's so many white dudes that just think it's completely okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just that white guy that thinks it's okay. <laughs> Help.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've had some some issues in our city before, in Kansas City, where there have been um, groups left out of interactions, groups not, not part of, um, you know, Pride things, for example. We've talked about it before, but um, POC is part of one of our new Pride committees that have gone up, and they're actually giving mm-hmm. input and properly ensuring that we have um, in- inclusion for everybody. And that's really refreshing, um compared to our previous committees that were not as inclusive so it's yeah. it's changing it, it, i think it comes in time It just, it's it's taking so long though that's that's all
0: yeah i think a big part or a big way that we can do almost immediate change is to look at who's in these committees um when it comes to to pride celebrations or whatever it may be like even look at pride events Or Pride Nights at sporting events. Like who's in charge of these things? Mm -hmm. Are they focusing on consumerism? Or are they focusing on inclusion? And I don't have the article up. But I I read one similar of what you said. Of like, There was one black woman. Black lesbian woman. That was in this committee. And they ignored every idea that she had. And basically implied that they're trying to keep people like her away. Because they're going to thug up pride and it's like you really thought that was okay to say but it's because they're behind this veil Mm -hmm. of this community or this committee sorry that's not going to say anything because they all think the same thing we need to get more representation in these committees Mm -hmm. and actually have their voice be heard
1: yeah it's like that that phrase of white explaining these these white privileged people sometimes feel a need to explain over a POC or someone else with a different idea. And it's, it's something that we still see today. It's, it's not like a new thing. It's not going away too quickly, but I'm hoping with, you know, the future and the youth being, you know, more diverse, hopefully they'll get involved and take over, like yeah. go off.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like this is, this is a topic or just like a, a grand overall topic of like so many things that we can break down and talk specifically over and i certainly hope that's something that we can continue to do with this podcast and something that we've talked about before and hopefully we can do it is to have other people show up on this podcast and and share their opinions because i've said it before like we're just two gay dudes that have our own experiences and we want to hear other people's experiences and their inputs on these situations. Cause they may be probably more informed than we are. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah, our experience, our perspective is just limited to what we've gone through our, our trauma. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to hear from people who have experienced some of these traumas that we talk about that we haven't um, experienced ourselves. And I hope in our you know next season, we can bring people on to talk about it and give their experience and you know, create that awareness for people that may not have the same exposure.
0: Right. You, you said it, we haven't said it yet. Like oh, you said, I'll let next it out. season. <laughs> um technically, this episode is going to be the end of season 1. It's only been 6 episodes. I've been telling Gavin, let's just consider it a pre-season. Like this is just our little warm-up, <laughs> get a little feel for what people think and how we feel about it. Um I just think it's appropriate time for me because I have a lot going on personally. I have a lot of changes in my life. Uh mentioned earlier about a job potential, rugby starting back up, school is starting back up for me. Like there's so much going on. So being able to focus on those things are incredibly important. So I I definitely definitely need to step back a little bit.
1: Yeah, and we'll have some more stories to come back to these next couple of months for me with traveling and pride stuff and more go go stuff. Oh, well, well, and you have your personal rugby stuff and other things going on. We're going to have some stories to bring back and, and talk yeah. about.
0: Yeah, I think a break is actually really good at this time because I think it gives us that opportunity to refresh and come back with even more stories and topics to discuss and kind of give us time to refine the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's so many things about... This podcast that are great, but there's also things where I'm like, ugh, my audio is different this time, or ugh, I feel so unoriginal, (laughs) tech problems or like, like we uploaded a podcast and it was live for three days and half the audio wasn't working, (laughs) like just we're we're getting there. Uh So I think to be able to step back and kind of clean it up a little bit will be really good for us.
1: Agreed. Agreed.
0: Well, with that said, I think we're done.
1: Yeah. Is that all we got? I guess so. Just One more big thank you to everyone for taking time out of their day for listening and uh, hopefully enjoying all the content we've produced. Um, a lot of this was you know, personal stories and the stuff you wanted to bring out. And if you have any ideas or comments, or maybe you want to be on this podcast you know, feel free to contact us on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you find us, uh, reach out to us, let us know. And we'd love to hear from you. And we really appreciate, you know, you coming out here and just giving us a chance yeah
0: like you said check us out on social media if you haven't already at dreaded 30s and that's gonna be it thank you guys so much for checking us out this season and and dealing with the good and the bad of this (laughs) and just like just the fact that people have listened to to this which has been a passion project of mine is like so fulfilling so i appreciate all of you for doing that and gavin let's not let's not get too lovey but But thank you for doing this. Of course. Love you, Justin. So much fun. (laughs) Oh, I love you too. Mm -hmm. Okay, enough cuteness. Y'all have a good one. Bye. See ya.